Hey everyone, Josh Case here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy today's message. Jesus came in and he kept hope alive and you saw what he said in your life. Well, while you're standing, grab your Bibles. I feel like preaching. It's preaching time in the house of God. Anybody love the Bible, love the Word of God today? I came to preach to you today. Our apostle is in Jacksonville preaching at Evangel Temple today all day. So if you think about him and Pastor Dawn, uh, say a prayer. He's doing apostle things. And we're okay with it, aren't we, church? Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open up to the gospel, the gospel according to Mark. The gospel according to Mark. Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6 is my assignment today. Familiar story, passage of scripture. Uh, perhaps the tilt not uh, so familiar today. Uh, I learned a long time ago, and this is to everybody who aspires to preach on some level, that if you try, if you try to preach to impress, it will always lead you to perform. But if you preach to impart, you will always be effective with the Word of God. So today, I didn't come to impress you. I came to give you exactly what God has for you, prepared for you today. Somebody who's ready for what God wants to say, say amen. Mark chapter 6, starting with verse 45. If you've got it, say amen. I love that. I just heard the sound of pages flipping. You, you almost don't ever hear that in 2022. I had to think about it for a second. I said, something is happening up in here. Normally, we just turn on our Bibles in 2022. You know, we swipe our Bible. Uh, but it's good to hear pages turning. How many know ain't nothing like the Word of God, whatever way you get it? Amen. Mark chapter 6, verses 45 through 52 says this. And immediately he, Jesus, made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. To Bethsaida, while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now when the evening came, this boat was now in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on land. Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea, and would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost. And they cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Then he went into the boat to them, and the wind ceased. And they were greatly amazed at themselves beyond measure. And they marveled, for they had not understood about the loaves, because their heart was hardened I read a bunch of scripture but really I came to you to talk about that little verse that said they were in the middle of the lake and the wind was against them and when I read it God told me to tell you that even though some things are against you in this season 
And even though it feels like some things are frustrating you in this season, God told me to tell you that no matter how you feel, how it feels, what is coming against you, God told me to tell you that you're still in the middle of a move of God. Let me pray and I'll preach. Father, I thank you for what I sense. I pray now, Lord, that our ears would be open to hear what the Spirit is saying. And Father, enlighten us with hope and joy and peace. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Somebody who believes it, say amen. You can be seated. And as you're seated, just look at somebody and say, you're in the middle of a move of God. I believe it's important today that if you're taking notes or trying to gather our starting point with this text or this message, this sermon, that you would understand that before I can preach the text itself, I have to come with gentle reminders about who God is. Because every once in a while, we have to be reminded that God is who he said he is. That every once in a while, we can get hit so hard by the things of life and go through such trauma and such tragedy that we can go through the tragedy and let the tragedy begin to steal our recollection of how good and faithful God really is. Oh, come on, somebody. Because if I don't remind you who God is, if you don't know who God is, you will go through some stuff that will rob you of knowledge and end up making you quit. So let me remind you for just a second that before, you, before we even get started with the text and the sermon, let me remind you that the God you serve this morning is indeed a God of love. Oh, I wish I had some people that would preach back at me for just a moment and, and, and testify that you know deep down in your soul that God loves you. That it doesn't matter if people have loved you right or if they have loved you wrong. It doesn't matter what they've said about you. It doesn't even matter how much you had to go through and conquer and overcome. You still know in the depths of who you are that this God you just sang about and sang praise to is indeed a God who loves you. Is there anybody thankful? Thankful for the love of God in this room. God's love is not like the love of men. It's not like the love of women. It's not even like the love of marriage. The love of God is a love that is far above. It's a love that exceeds. It is a love that is agape love. It's the kind of love that loves you no matter what. I think about John 3.16 when I begin to think about the love of God because it says, for God so loved the world. In other words, God loves you so much that everything that would come against that idea of love, he says, so God, you can't love me because I was an addict. God, you can't love me like that because I've got a past. God, you can't love me like that because i got a divorce. God, you must not be able to love me because I messed up too much. And for every one of your excuses, God still looks at you this morning and says, So? Because the love of God is going to continue to pursue you until that kind of love, I feel like preaching, until that kind of love returns. Do you not know you can run as fast as you want to run and try to get out of the way of God's love? But at the end of the day, when you feel like you finally outran it, you're going to hear a knock on the door. Open the door and there his love will be telling you, you can do nothing that would make me ever stop loving you with agape, other self-centered love. He loves you. What would the world look like if the predominant message of the kingdom of God was not that God was against you, but that God was for you because he loves you? 
God loves you. The love of God is profound. And when you understand that God truly loves you and you are reminded that he loves you, then all of a sudden we, re we bring reciprocity to his love by giving him our trust. God can be trusted because we know he loves us. I know this is too simple for some of y'all, but some of y'all are, are not getting the breakthroughs that you want or the healing that you want, and you're not getting in the place of God that you want, and you think it's a church thing or a people thing or a boss thing or a family thing, and God says it ain't none of that. It's a trust thing. Because if you believe that he loves you, you should respond to his love with an I trust you. Are you hearing me? He says, I love you. Your response is, I trust you. Trust is necessary for any relationship to stay together. You can't even have a good relationship where there is no trust. Let, let me get out of the church world for a second. Let me just talk about your interpersonal relationships. You do know that marriages that make it are marriages where there is trust. Relationships make it when their relationship is built on trust. Because if you, in case you didn't know, trust is the oxygen love breathes. And the moment you lose trust is the moment where you have begun to lose love. That's why in this room today, while we were singing and while we were praising, you thought you were singing lyrics and songs. But in reality, all God heard was, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Because you don't worship what you don't trust. Oh, come on, somebody. I said, you don't praise what you don't trust. I wonder in this service this morning if there's anybody who says, I know he loves me, but here, God, let me tell you something. I trust you with every aspect of my life, with my finances, with my family, with my mind, with my heart. God, I trust you. And you should watch that when the Spirit of God sees trust, he'll start to move on your behalf. Sometimes it is lack of trust that hinders the move of God. Because once you get to the trust factor, love begets trust. Trust should beget obedience. Is this all right this morning? That people who claim to trust God are the same people who obey God. Don't tell me you love him and trust him and then choose not to obey him. Never underestimate the power of obedience to God. Never underestimate. You do know that when God thinks about how much you love him, he looks at trust, but he also says, if you obey me, I know you love me. I know you love me. I know you love me. If you obey me, come on, y'all. I know you love me. If you obey me, I know you love me. If you take my scriptures, apply them to your life, then I will know that you truly mean what you said when you said you love me. I can't hang here too long. I could be in that forever. But he says, love begets trust. Trust should thrust us into obedience. But when you start to obey God, can I go deeper? When you start to obey God, it is obedience to God that breeds confidence in God. The reason why we are not confident in God is not because he's not here. And it's not because you're not here. It's because, watch this, you have not trusted and obeyed to the place where he could show off. 
if I don't preach anything else and set the mic down, I've already said enough because our confidence in God comes from our obedience to God. You would be shocked at what God would do for you if you would obey him and trust him. You would be shocked at how you would start walking around and looking at situations and circumstances when you knew, hallelujah, that he was who he said he was. You would be shocked at how a disease could come your way. And because you obeyed him, you could stand up in confidence and look cancer in the eye, disease in the eye, and say, no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. And if God be for me, what can be against me? Because I've got confidence in the God whom I love and trust. If you lack confidence in God, it's not God's fault. If you lack confidence, I would go back in your life and look and see what didn't I obey that I was supposed to obey that would have gave me the confidence. Because when can I go deeper? Because when you get real confidence, you go for him. It is our confidence in God that allows us to move in faith for God. People who are confident in God don't mind getting out of the boat and walking on water. People, come on somebody, who are confident in God don't mind moving off of a word even if it doesn't align with their bank account. People who are confident in God don't mind still serving and still leading groups and still doing what they're called to do despite having some stuff break loose in their life because our confidence allows us to continue on despite the circumstances we are facing in the moment. Pastor Josh, why would you take love, trust, obedience, and confidence and use it as the pillars of the message? Because ladies and gentlemen, this is the precursor to the text. The text I bring before you is preceded by a miracle by which love, trust, confidence, and obedience were personified. Five loaves and two fish. He took what they didn't think they had and turned it into what they needed. And at the moment he did what he said he would do, all of a sudden, all four things I just said are skyrocketing at an apex place. You are seeing love like you've never seen love and trust like you've never seen trust. Because, because if God did it like that for you, you wouldn't be so shy about letting God know who he really was to you. See, see, I, sometimes God will let some things go a different way, unexpected ways, just to teach you how to praise him and worship him properly. God will let some things go left and a little right to, to steer you into the fact that you have gotten lulled to sleep in your faith by life. And these men have confidence. They have seen him do it. They have faith. They have uh, obedience and trust. And here they are standing with him with 12 baskets full. And all of a sudden, he does something strange. He sends them to the other side. And they, with confidence and trust and obedience and love, say, of course. Because it's easy to go for God when everything's going good. It's easy to do for God when everything is right in your life and there's no issues or concerns. 
And in the moment, I feel the anointing, y'all. In the moment that he says go, they say yes. And they get in the boat and they begin to launch off. And they are are looking at each other. And they realize that as they are taking off from the shore, something is missing. He is not with them. And I want to take a second and preach down in your life into the places of separation. Because all of us, all of us have had times and seasons of our life where God seemingly didn't go with us. I want to talk to the people in the room who heard God say go and you went and when you turned around, you couldn't find God. And you said, where is the God who told me to go? And this is the place of separation. Because most of us in the places where we don't feel him, oh, we, 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 we press pause on life and progress in God. See how quiet it is? I said, in the places we don't feel him, we have a tendency to press pause on progress in faith. Because we think that just because we don't feel him, that we cannot go for him. And we put our entire life on pause, thinking that God's promises required God's presence. But that is only for the folks that that are more interested in feeling than knowledge. One of the most dangerous things in your faith is to live all of your faith, your so-called faith, by feelings. Not knowing how contradictory the very statement of faith and feelings really are. Because it can't be faith if it requires feelings. I'm going to say that again. I said, it can't be faith if it requires feelings. It can't be faith if it requires you to, to, to touch it, to taste it, to see it. To sp- it can't be faith. Real faith. Real faith comes, by, comes in the place where you say, I have no clue where you are. I have no clue what you're doing. In fact, I haven't felt you in a while. But I'm not going to move off of my feelings. I'm going to move based upon what I know about who you are. And I might not see you, but I'm still going walk by faith and not by sight. I'm going to keep on moving despite what I don't feel. And God told me to tell some people in this room, it's time to take your life off of pause. It's time to take your life out of the pause button and get back in the game and say, God, I don't know where you are, but it's not going to stop me from pursuing what you told me to go after. Because here's what you have to know. God doesn't do abandonment. People do rejection. And people, people do abandonment. But God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you and you might not feel me but you better never get to the place where you think I have forgotten about you. 
See, that's a word for somebody in the room who said, because you haven't felt him, God is done with you or he's forgotten about you. I came to tell you that the devil is a liar. God still knows exactly what he wants to do and the plan is still in place and God is still working all things together for your good. I wish I had about a hundred people that would testify that I know that everything is going to be all right. I said, everything's going to be all right. I said, everything's going to be all right. In your body, in your mind, in your family, everything is still going to be all right. The places of separation will make you think some crazy things if your knowledge is not in Him. That's why the Apostle Paul said, that he would pray that we would increase in the knowledge of God because for every place you don't feel, you should go to what you know. In other words, watch this. I don't feel healed, but I am healed. Y'all way too churchy. I don't feel free, uh, but who the sun sets free Oh, I felt some break right there. Is free indeed. I don't feel delivered, but I am delivered. Somebody in this room needs to go back to the B-I-B-L-E and take your stuff back by saying, if God said it, I'm his and it belongs to me. And even though I don't feel it, I know that it's true. Somebody shout if you know I'm preaching truth. Well, then the question is, if he is not with them, but he is still for them, where is he? Do you hear what I just said? If he is not with them, but is still for them, then where is he? Come on, don't be churchy. Have you ever wondered where God was? The bill's about to be due. Where are you? The surgery's about to happen. Where are you? The court date's coming. Where are you? Let me be really real. I've got to make this big decision. Where are you? I can tell you where he is because this text tells us where he is. The text says that while he sent them, the text said he started to elevate. He started to go up while they were going down. <laughs> Where is he going, Pastor Josh? The text is clear. He is going up on the mountain to do one thing. He is going up to pray. Some of y'all know where I'm going because here's where I want him to be, is if I can't feel him and I don't know he's with me like that, then if I know at least he's praying for me. <laughs> Y'all way too religious. I said, as long as I know he's praying for me, that's all I need. Because the Bible says that if you want to know where Jesus is at in this moment, he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he is making intercession for you and for me. So I don't even have to feel him. Why? Because I know he's praying for me. What's he praying? He's praying, Father, 
give them provision. Father, give them healing. Father, bring deliverance. Father, show up. Father, do it. God is my intercessor. And I don't have to feel anything if I know he's seated praying for me. Why? Because prayer is the place that perspective changes. Prayer will always be the place God comes through. It will always be the place He changes your mind. And if you don't pray, you're already at a disadvantage when storms come. He is praying. Intercession and elevation go hand in hand. Are you hearing me? Intercession and elevation go hand in hand. You can't pray and not go up. You can't pray and not think higher. You can't go, you can't pray and not be seated in heavenly places. Because what if I told you that where you sit determines how you see? Where you sit determines how you see every situation that's happening in your life. And if you want to sit in the dirt and cry in the dirt, then your perspective will be dirt. But if you ever choose to pray about it, prayer and intercession have a way of lifting you up into the seat that you are predestined to sit in. Because as a child of God, you are not called to sit low and be run over. Come on. And be walked over and be a doormat for Jesus. When you got saved, come on, I feel like preaching, and became a child of the living God, you were called to sit down in a place you didn't even belong to sit down on. But Jesus made a way where there was no way when he died on Calvary's cross uh, so that every child of God could sit down in heavenly places. Look at somebody say, take a seat. Yeah, take a seat. Uh, take a seat. It's time to sit right so you see right. Uh, it's time to pray right so you see right. And these men, these men don't feel him, but don't worry. He is up there praying for them. Can I go deeper? He's not just praying for them. He is praying as them. See, some of us have a very, very religious view of intercession. We think that intercession is Jesus up there all day long. No time to do anything else. But what if I told you that sometimes he don't even have to say a word for God to see you? Because he is the word made flesh. Him becoming flesh through the incarnation is what allows him to go up to heaven now. And sometimes he ain't just got, he don't have to say a thing. He just has to stand there looking like us. And God will look at him as us and it will remind God of his promises for us. And when God is reminded of what he said he would do, God begins to act on your behalf. So in this room today, you better be thankful for your prayer life. But more importantly, you ought to give God some praise for the prayer life of Jesus. Because when you don't know what to pray, I feel like preaching. And you don't know how to pray. And you don't know what to say. And you're done with praying. And all you can do is weep. Uh, I want to tell somebody, he is praying for you. And he is praying the perfect prayer for your situation. Am I helping anybody this morning? And so, uh, 
He is praying. They are moving in trust, confidence, obedience, yet separated. And all of a sudden, things are good until they get to the middle. Are you hearing me? And when they get to the middle, all of a sudden, a storm comes. And the wind is so severe that it begins to slow them down to a grinding halt. Because if the enemy wants to attack you, he doesn't do it when you start. And he can't do it when you finish. He waits till you get in the middle. Why does he wait till the middle? Because the middle is a place that you are too far to go back. And you are not far enough to finish. And he waits. Oh, I feel this hitting all across this room. And he waits till you get out there in no man's land. And then he plots his schemes and his attacks. And he releases, watch this, not the waves. He releases. Because if you get caught up in the waves in this text, you have missed it because the waves didn't become waves by themselves. The only way there were waves was because there was wind. Because the enemy likes to hit God's people with wind. Why wind, Pastor Josh? Because it's invisible. Have you ever been going for God? And God said yes, and you said yes, and now you're going for God, and all of a sudden you get out there, and everything's going well. You got the right people, you got the right stuff, you've got love, trust, obedience, and confidence, and then all of a sudden you just wake up one day and you get hit with something you didn't see coming. I'm talking to the people in this room that walked in here today, and you barely made it through the doors. Why? Because the wind has been so severe. It is pushing you off of faith and belief and truth. It's trying to push you off of God's promises. You're some of you are going through stuff so severe and so traumatic that it took everything you had just to weather the wind to get in a place of worship. Have you ever stood in a service and watched everybody else praise God and deep down you say, I wish I could praise God like that? Been so hurt, so wounded, so bloody, so scarred that even if you wanted to worship, you couldn't worship for your bleeding wounds. Why does the enemy use the wind? Because God uses wind too. The book of Acts says that when God wants to bring refreshing, that they got into the upper room and suddenly, oh, come on, y'all. If you know your Bible, talk to me. And suddenly they got into the upper room and there was the sound hey, of a mighty rushing wind 
The enemy uses wind because God uses wind. For every move of the Spirit, there will always be a combative wind of the enemy that tries to hold you in a stalemate because he knows if you ever get the Spirit of God, that pneuma, that wind in your sails, nothing will be impossible for you. If you ever get this wind behind you, you're going to be able to go at a pace you've never gone before because it won't be by might and it won't be by power but it'll be by the spirit of the living God for as many are the sons of God these are those who are led by the spirit of God and I came to tell the church uh, that get ready in the days to come you're about to see a wind of God's spirit that you have never experienced before you are about to see a wind of the Holy Ghost uh, come through the church uh, and blow God's church right into destiny if you believe it give God some praise right now yeah yeah look at somebody say here comes the wind here comes the wind here comes a wind a wind of what a wind of salvation a wind of healing a wind of deliverance here comes the wind and he is for hurry josh he is fighting them with the wind he's fighting them with the wind contrary wind and then the bible says that he looked up and he saw them. Let me stop right here and just help you for a minute and tell you that just because it's night and you can't see doesn't mean that God can't see you in the storm. There's a story of a firefighter who was helping trying to save a young child from a second story window. And he knew that the child would have to jump. And the child, the smoke was billowing out and billowing and billowing and billowing. And the child was sitting there saying, I can't jump. He said, you got to jump. He said, I can't jump. He said, if you don't jump, you'll die. You got to jump. He said, the problem is I can't jump. I can't see you. The firefighter's response is revelation to the body of Christ. He said, don't worry. You can't see me but I can see you. So jump on out. So jump on out. And that's the word of the Lord to some people in this room. You may not think that he sees you, but baby, he sees you. You can't see him, but he sees you. It's time to get some faith. It's time to make a leap. It's time to jump and say, God, I trust you. Therefore, I'll leap to you. Let me finish this thing. They are out there in the middle, in the middle, being pounded with a contrary wind. The Bible says when he looked, he saw them straining to row. Now, in every other version, you don't see this detail. But this detail got me because that means his vision was so good that he saw them in their struggle. They were straining to row. That word straining in the Greek literally means tormented. Have you ever been in a place in your life and got hit by something so hard and so unexpected that it tormented you? That you thought that you were going to have to live? 
the rest of your life with a headwind? Tormented at the fact that my marriage may never be okay. See how quiet it is. Tormented at the fact that it may not work out for me. Tormented at the fact that my body may never be tormented at the fact. They are tormented and they are straining at rowing. Well, what does rowing looks like? Rowing looks like pushing forward and pulling back. Because for some of us, that is our life. We push forward two steps and pull back three. We push forward, pull back, and we don't feel like we're going anywhere. Which brings me to the reason I came and I'm done. Because it was in this place and space that I saw something in this text I had never seen. I saw disparity amongst disciples. Because people will tell you that if you get, just get to Jesus, everything's going to be perfect. If you just get saved, everything's going to be all right. But if you really serve God, you will go on hell's hit list. And if you're getting hit right now by some wind, it's a testimony of how much of a disciple... You really are. Don't you dare let that devil tell you that you are not one of God's. Don't you dare let that devil, devil tell you you've messed up and look at God. He's forgotten about. No, no, no. If you're going to be a disciple, there will be disparity. Well, what are the disparities? Disparities, watch this. Number one in location. The Bible says he is on the shore and they are in the middle. There's a disparity, a space between. Disparity, disparity. Watch this. In time. In time, you do know, can I be deep? Can I pass it out to be deep? You do know that when this text starts, it starts in the evening. But by the time we get to the middle, it's the fourth watch of the night. That means that they are out there struggling and straining and they're tormented by the wind. And in the background, time is passing them by. And there's nothing worse in life than feeling like you're losing time and not making progress. I'm talking to the people in this room who feel like you've been in a fight so long that there's no way you could finish purpose and no way you can complete destiny. You can play. There's no way that I can get it done because of the disparity. There are people in this room that God spoke stuff to you a long time ago. And now you are out here. You said yes in the middle. And now you're getting hit with stuff. And there is a disparity. You hear the ticking of the clock. And it was cool when you were 30. And it was all right when you were 40. And now you're 50. And it ain't happened yet. And now you're 60. And God still, you have still haven't seen what God said. And you know, I don't have much time. If you don't come, I wish I would have never went. There's a disparity in location, time, watch this, 
an expectation. I'm done. Because this is what the Lord told me. Is that because you've been getting hit so much and the wind has been so contrary, you have forgotten about what God said he would do for you. You have become so tired and so weary in the rowing that it feels like God has given up on you. I'm talking to people in the room who feel like they're forgotten. When you were a kid, you had dreams and hopes and desires. When you were a teenager, you thought you were going to change the world. When you were in your 20s and your 30s, all you needed was one right relationship and one little financial break that you thought. But for some of us in this room, the clock is ticking. And now we're saying, maybe I'm just called to live out here and not fulfill what God said. And you're crying at night. And you're weary. And you go tell your kids. Go play so that you can just bury your head in the pillow and cry. Because you feel like God has forgotten what he said. When I saw these disciples, I couldn't imagine what they felt saying, you sent us. You told us to go. And I'm out here for you. But the Bible says just when it looked like all hope was lost. That he said, I'm done praying. And the text says he came down off the mountain. And he began not to walk around the shore. But he began to take a direct path. Right to where they were. And the same waves that were sinking them. Became the same water that he began to walk on. Because here's what I know about Jesus. Jesus walks on what people sink in because he has all authority and power up under his feet. Jesus doesn't sink. Jesus walks on the water. And I came to tell somebody, here comes Jesus. I came to tell some frustrated person, some forgotten person, some tired and weary person, here comes Jesus. Where's he going? He's coming right to where you are. He's made a beeline and his his eyes are fixed on those whom he have called and chosen. Here comes Jesus. Here comes Jesus. Come on, look at somebody say, here comes Jesus. 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 Stand to your feet, everybody. He comes walking on what they're sinking in. Hang with me. I'm almost done. And when he comes to them, the Bible says something funny. It says he would have passed them by. Now that shook me. So I, as a preacher, expository, I have to ask the second question. If he would have passed them by, what made him stop? The Bible's clear that on a boat where nothing's moving, with men who are not moving, 
the only thing that's moving is the clock and Jesus. And one man said, either I can stay stuck here or I can attach myself to what's moving out there. And Peter said, Lord, is it you? Because everybody else in this boat says you're a ghost. But something in me might think that just because I don't, I've never seen you this way doesn't mean it's not you. See, they thought he was a ghost because this time he came in a way that they had never seen him come. And I want to tell somebody, you're not going to get out of this with your predisposed ideas of what God should do and how God should look. You're not going to get out of this with the ways he did it before and how he did it back then. You are only going to get out when you say, I don't understand it. I don't even recognize it. But if it's you, I dare somebody to lift up your hands and say, Lord, if it's you, 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 I'm coming. If it's you, I'm on my way. If it's you, watch. Is it you? Watch his response. It is I. Be of good cheer and do not be afraid. If I had another 30 minutes, I'd break it down. Number one, I'm telling you, it's me. Number two, I'm telling you, in order to get anything out of this, you're going to have to change your attitude. Be of good cheer is contrary to every other emotion you are fighting in this boat. And if you don't learn how to change your emotions towards me, I cannot deliver you from this. Uh, so be of good cheer. Do you know how much the devil hates uh, a person that can stand with all hell breaking loose and still be of good cheer? Do you know how much you confuse darkness every time hell whispers in your ear, things go crazy and you still lift your hands uh, and open up your mouth uh, and worship the Lord? He says, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. And he said, come. The Spirit of the Lord told me to tell you, you are standing right in the middle of a move of God. And the only thing that's left is for somebody to hear him say, come. And when you hear him say, come, to not look at the obstacles in front of you, but to say, if you're moving, I'm moving. If you're going, I'm going. I'm getting out of this boat. I'm getting away from this wind. And the Bible says Peter stepped out on what he should have never stepped out on. But the good news is with Jesus, he didn't sink. He began to walk on water too. And the Spirit of God told me to tell you, get ready for supernatural power to touch your life. Get ready for a supernatural anointing that's going to let you do. What you can never do on your own strength. Here comes the anointing. He goes to him. This is it. He goes to him. And then watch Jesus. 
I'll go with you. That's union with Christ. Is when you say, if you abide in me, he says, I will abide in you. When Peter said, I'm coming your way, God said, good, I'm getting in the boat with you. And here is the miracle. John 6, 21. Throw it up there, guys. John 6, 21. In the name of Jesus, under the anointing. Here it is. Funny how that happens, huh? Watch this. Same story from John, the union man. Watch what he says. The moment that Jesus gets in the boat, watch what happened. Then they willingly received him into the boat and immediately the boat was at the land some of y'all gonna get it when they received him into the boat immediately supernaturally powerfully mightily that boat ended up on dry land uh, they blinked and there was wind uh, when they opened their eyes back up they were right where they were supposed to be doing what they were supposed to do not by might or by power but by the spirit uh, of the living God what am I trying to tell you I'm trying to tell you that if you'll get Jesus in this thing he's about to take you all the way uh, you're about to see an overnight shift uh, an overnight change uh, if you believe it give God a shout of praise right now we're about to sing but you're right in the middle of a move of God this church is right in the middle of a move of God 2020 the enemy tried to slow the church down with contrary winds of racism and pandemics. But guess what? This church was right in the middle of a move of God. And get ready, Calvary, because the minute we receive him, supernaturally, he is about to overnight take us to where we belong. I came to prophesy to some man and some woman, get ready for 24-hour miracles. Uh, get ready for day breakthroughs. Uh, get ready, get ready, get ready. The devil didn't want you to hear this message. Uh, he didn't want you to hear this word. But God is about to turn the whole thing around in Jesus' name. It's coming and it's happening with your hands lifted uh, and your voices raised. Uh, open up your mouth. Uh, we're in the middle of a move of God. Sing, John. It's about to turn.
So here's the word of the Lord. You can't quit. You don't, don't you dare give in. Don't you dare let go. The word of the Lord over your life is that you are right in the middle of a move of God. You say, Pastor Josh, you spoke to me. That was my word. I've been frustrated. I've been feeling like I've been forgotten. I feel like time has been ticking in the background of my life. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. I feel like I'm about to quit. Pastor Josh, this word was for me. If that's you, just slip up your hand if I was talking to you today. Jesus. 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 We're going to do something. We're going to do something. Thank you, Holy Ghost. If I'm talking to you, on the count of three, I want you to get out of your seat. And we're going to gather at this altar to finish this service. And let me tell you why I want you to get out of your seat. Because I want you to get out of that boat that has held you captive in this season and told you you are not going to go forward and you will not see God's promises come to pass. It's time for you to walk on water. People are already coming. If I'm talking to you, come with your hands lifted. Yeah, yeah, I feel the anointing. Come on, as you walk, you're going to get freedom. As you walk, you're going to feel breakthrough. As you walk, you're going to feel the frustration leave. As you walk, you're going to feel the burden lift. As you walk, as you move, as you can, come on. God is about to liberate you. He's about to keep you in the move. This is the middle of a move of God. Come on, I'll wait on you. I'll wait on you. I'll wait on you. I'll wait on you. Real soft for a second. Real soft. You know, you can, ask, you, can, you can ask my wife this. I woke up all weekend long because the Lord told me that this Sunday he wanted to minister to his people. See, sometimes we think we come for God not knowing that God has set the whole thing up just to minister to us. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I break every spirit of heaviness that's held you. And in the name of Jesus, ministry is coming to you. Joy is coming to you. Peace is coming to you. Not by might or by power, but by the spirit of the living God. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. I loose the anointing. Listen, you're at this altar. So many of you, I see the tears. I see the tears. Please know God sees them too. We're about to pray for you. But our touch is not the touch of men and pastors and prayer teams. Our touch is the touch of the Lord telling you, I've got you right in the middle of a move of God. So if you're ready, every hand lifted. Prayer team. When I release you, we're going to pray for some people and then we're going to close this thing. Are you ready? I feel the Lord. It's shifting. Can I minister something real quick? I just want to minister something. There is somebody in this room 
It's almost like you've got a chronic disease that keeps popping back up. Every time you seem like you get well, it keeps popping back up. And you feel like every time you go forward, you have to pull back because of this chronic ailment. If I'm talking to you, wave at me. There's like a chronic ailment. There's a chronic, yeah, yeah. I knew it. I felt it's multiple people. I just, can I just, can we just go with the Holy Ghost this morning? You okay? I feel the Lord. You got a chronic ailment. If I see, if, if you see somebody waving, shh. Yeah. Where you at? Where you at? Where you at? Not another day. Not another day. Not another day. The wind of the Spirit begins to blow out the infirmity. Now. Now. Where you at? Where you at? It has, it has plagued you for too long. It has caused emotions and things to be out of whack. And I hear your prayers. God, can it just go back to the way it used to be? Can it just be normal? God said, I didn't want to give you a normal life, but I did come to give you an abundant one. So now that things shift, it shifts today from struggle to triumph. <sighs> In the name of Jesus, as I lay my hands on you, the wind of the Spirit. Blow, wind of God, blow. Blow, wind of God, blow. Lift your hands. Our prayer team's about to pray. You keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. You keep hope alive. You ready, prayer team? I want you to pray for them as quickly as you can. Lift your hands. On the count of three, begin to pray. One, two, three. Come on, begin to pray. All across this room with your hands lifted. Come on, with your hands lifted. Jesus is doing ministry. Things are shifting.
everyone all across the room. We're about to close this thing. But if you feel hope, you keep hope alive. service is not over our prayer team is going to remain you, you do know this is revival this is revival do you hear that that's the sound of revival said change your expectations you saw it one way you're about to see it happen in another very shortly God said I have been waiting for your perspective to change I'm prophesying y'all I have been waiting for your perspective to shift for if your mind did not change, says the Lord, how would you have ever perceived the miracle in your life? But now that your mind is changed, immediately is your portion. God says, hear the word of the Lord. I am causing now 
every wind of confusion to cease. Every wind of confusion that has led to your frustration, says the Lord, now it comes to nothing. The word of the Lord is, in this next season, it will be like smooth sailing. Things will happen at a supernatural, hear me by the Lord, yet effortless pace, says the Lord. You will wonder how it happened so quickly, says God. And God says, if you would close your eyes and listen, you will hear the breeze of my spirit pushing you and doing the work for you, says the Lord. This is your portion. For you have remained faithful, says God, and I have seen your torment. Now I have come to you and everything changes. Now, says God, you better give the Lord praise for his word. team is here reach over put your hand on somebody's shoulder we're not done but if you need to go I understand it's not even that late how many believe that you're right in the middle of a move of God you're right in the middle of a move of God reach over put your hand on somebody's shoulder I'm gonna pray I'm going to release you. Prayer team will stay here as long as you need them. If you're a first-time guest, listen, this is what I want to do because I want to spend some time doing ministry today. If you're a first-time guest, this is what we want you to do. Come back next week. Meet our apostle, Pastor Don. Connect with them as well. Do not miss that. We've got to make sure we get your information because we love you. We love first-time guests, don't we, Calvary? But we love the Spirit of God too hand on their shoulder. Father, come on, help me pray for them. Father, I pray now over every frustrated, Father, Lord, over every weary person. Father, let this touch be a touch of hope and a touch of help. Let our touch be a reminder that we are right in the middle of a move of God. And as we attach ourselves to you, you are going to attach ourselves, yourself to us and we are about to see you move like never before. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for ministry. You love us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your love. You know where we are. And you set aside moments every once in a while to touch us. 
Let every wind cease. Let joy and peace arise. In Jesus' mighty name. Somebody who believes it, shout amen. Did you get anything from today? Are you glad you came to church? Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060 or you can visit calvaryfl.com slash give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. You can also stay connected by following us on social media at Calvary FL and by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Again, thank you for joining us.